of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for another time in your presence. Your word declares that where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. We welcome your presence today in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you will save, you will deliver, you will hear, you will provide for the needs of the people, and that your name indeed will be glorified. Even as we get into your word this morning, we give you praise, we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I want to continue in our series, Casting All Your Cares Upon Him, For He Cares About You. So let's go back to our scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Now this time around, let's read from the Amplified Bible. And I read, it says, casting all your anxiety, remember, it's all your anxieties on him, and all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection, and watches over you very carefully, he does. He watches over you very, very carefully. You know, somebody said, he said, to be anxious, you actually belittle God. What you're saying is that you doubt his ability. To worry unnecessarily, you disrespect God. Because you are saying you are not fit to bring me out. You are not fit to deliver me. You are not fit to take me over. Could it be pride? Inadvertently on the side of man? On the other hand, timidity? So today I want to talk on the ability of God. And I've tagged it, God is able. I'd like us to talk to Genesis in chapter 18, precisely verse 14. I want you to hear what God said about his own ability. Now, this was a meeting between God and Abraham. I remember the story of Abraham. At age 75, he had no child. The wife was 65, and they thought that was the end for them. And so they were just to live the rest of their life that way. Then God decided to approach Abraham. And he said to Abraham, now you thought it's over. But it's not over. Come with me on the journey. You know the rest of the story. It was that journey that would give rise and give birth to Isaac, the son of promise. Because what God said to him in coming to Beckham to come with him was, I will make you a father of nations. And that was contrary to a man. To the situation of a man that thought, no, we are barren. We'll never make it again this way. So God never calls you by your shortcoming. He never calls you by your seeming failure. He calls you by what he has destined your life to be. I will make you a father of nations. For in your blessings, all the nations of the earth shall be, I mean, shall find themselves. And that was what he said to Abraham. So that set Abraham thinking again. Now, the story continues from chapter 12 of Genesis, but now we're in chapter 18. Now, there have been a lot of incidences of God, okay, you said it, how, when, you know, to the extent that God will bring him out sometimes, say, you count the stars. That's how numerous your children will be. Hey, to tell you the nature of God, to tell you that God has all ability. So at this point in time, they said he was sitting under the mamre tree, and then God approached him. He saw three men. 
and he beckoned and urged them to please stay to have something, which they did. So it was at that point that the Lord looked up and said, where is Sarah, your wife? I said, oh, yes, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. Now, that was funny to Sarah. At this time, they were not 65, 75 anymore. At this time, they were 99, 89. Can you imagine? So Sarah laughed. Also, I mean, it's like talking to a 90 year old woman that this time next year you will carry your son. Uh oh. From your own womb, that is conceived in your own womb. Mm. So she laughed. Then at that point, the Lord said to Abraham, So why? Why will Sarah laugh? Shall I surely bear a son since I'm old? And so that was what led to what God now said in verse 14 of chapter 18. And this is what he said, and I quote. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Are you here with me? God himself talked about his ability in assuring those who thought it was not possible again. He said, with you, it may be hard. But is anything too hard for the Lord? So I'm saying to someone here today in the name of Jesus, it may be impossible with man, but with God, do you think it's too hard? So cast your bodies on him and expect something to come out from it in the name of Jesus. And see, talking about this, this was a situation of those who thought it was not possible again. We find at the other end of the spectrum, the case of Mary, in the Gospel according to St. Luke, in chapter one, verse 37. Again, Mary we know was a virgin from the Bible. And to take a man copulating with a woman to bring about conception is just the way God chose to do it. And the angel came into Mary and said, Hey, blessed, favored woman. And she was afraid. I said, Don't be afraid. He said, You're highly favored. You found favor with God. And you will conceive in your womb. You know the rest of the story. And the story was such that, how will it be? I am not married. <laughs> then the angel answered. Hey, the Holy Ghost will do that. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And now I'll give a testimony that you remember your cousin, Elizabeth, the one that has called barren, just like the case of Abraham and Sarah. See, today, she's six months pregnant. Then he now added, in verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So now we have God on two occasions saying the same thing. Hey, you thought it's not possible anymore. 90 year old. I said, nothing is impossible with me. And he did it. And you thought, I will need a man. Because really, to take a man to do that. I said, no, I can do it without a man. And he did it. Now the question is this. Where does your problem lie in this spectrum? If God could do it for Sarah and did the same thing with Elizabeth, saying the same thing of his ability, is anything too difficult for me? With God, nothing is impossible. It will not be impossible in your situation to in Jesus' name. Will you cast your body on him now and watch what God will do with it?
I want to assure you in the name of Jesus, he's still in the business of doing things miraculously. He's still in the business of supernaturally turning things around. With God, there's nothing impossible. He has the ability, and his ability surpasses any problem. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, talking about people's testimony, God's testimony about his power, what did Jesus say about that? Remember during his teaching in Matthew chapter 11, in verses 28 and 29, Jesus himself said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He has the ability to remove your burden, to turn your burden to joy, to turn your fears to celebration. He has the ability. We are talking about the fact that God is able. Now, there's this story too in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 9, in verse 28. After the raising of Jairus' daughter, the Bible said when he departed from there, two blind men followed him. And when he entered into the house where he was going, he turned back and he saw them. And he wondered why they were following him. And he realized that all they wanted was they wanted him to restore their sight. But he said something. He said, do you believe that I am able to do this? Again, we're talking about his ability. And he said to him, yes, Lord. Guess what happened? The Bible said that he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Do you believe that I'm able to do it? I mean, it's, it's questioning my ability. And that's why we open by saying, by quoting the man that said, uh-uh, to allow worry to rule is to belittle God. As a matter of fact, you know, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So the just shall live by trusting God with their lives. That's why Jesus would touch their eyes and he'd say, it's according to your faith. So what was their faith there? They came to him believing. They had lived all their lives blinded. And they realized and they had come to a place where they know that you know, they would die this way. So it was time to shift the burden. It was time to cast it on him. And now they heard he just did something in Jairus' house. So they came after him. And when he saw them fall, he said, ah, what do you want? And when they declared, he said, do you believe that I'm able? I believe he's asking you to today. Do you believe that God is able? And for one or two, we say, hey, all my life, I've, I mean, things are, I understand very well. And so your life has been the way it is all along. But from today, something's about to change. Some will say, but what about the successes I've heard when I didn't know this? Congratulations. But I'm saying that, what about the failures you've experienced? So what would casting your cares upon him today reduce from you? If anything is going to add to you. And for you, who don't know anything other than failures all your life, I think a big turnaround is about to begin in your life. It costs us nothing. It makes our lives easier. Better worth living. Cast your bodies upon Jesus. He's more than able to do it. And if we do it for you in Jesus' name. Another occasion he said it to the disciples. If I have this recorded in the three gospel, synoptic gospel. When he was saying that it is difficult for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. And there he really was teaching that look. Where you have your emphasis shifted from God to money. If money becomes your Lord, then it will be difficult to enter the kingdom. But the disciples at the time didn't fully understand. When they said that, they looked at themselves. Then they came back and said, Master, then we'll we be able to enter. And like in a couple we said, then that means that they must have been quite rich. 
<laughs> of course, what do you expect? How can you work with Jesus and you will lack? He's the great provider. So there again he said to them, with man it may be impossible, but not with God. So with God everything is possible. So it's possible to make you rich and yet enter into the kingdom of God abundantly. Yes. After all, it is covenant with us. He made it clear. He says, I will bless you. And your blessings will become a blessing to the nations. That was what he said to Abraham. And in the book of prayer, he said, the blessings of the righteous will uplift a city. When he blesses you, it makes you a blessing to humanity, to generations. And that's of the righteous, the one who has a right standing with God, the one who has a place in his presence. Glory be to God in the highest. So with God, nothing is impossible. He has the ability. So you can see that God has what it takes to deliver. He has what it takes to provide. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, He's able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you will be sufficient in all things. He has the ability to heal you. So the question is not his ability. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro the entire earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of the righteous. So he's always eager to help you. He's always eager to bring you out. He's always eager to deliver you. He's always eager to put you through, to bring you through. He's always eager to promote you. A good example is um, the case of the three Hebrew children. In the book of Daniel, in chapter 3, when the king has set up a golden image and decreed that everyone should bow to this, but these three boys did not because it was contrary to their faith in the living God. They have so much trust, absolute trust in God, that that will amount to betrayal. And they wouldn't do that. They were reported to the king, and the king called them. In verse 14 of chapter 3, the king said, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you're ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lay, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? It's pretty much the same today. Things and powers are boasting of their ability to truncate your life, to terminate your life if you don't go their way, if you don't go the way of the idols. This is the crux of what I'm trying to bring out from this chapter. 16. Shadrach, Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able, that's what I'm saying, is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You know the rest of the story. 
he commanded the strongest, the most valiant men to heat up the fire seven times more. And then bind these boys and to throw them into the fire. And he said, while they were moving closer to the fire, they were slain. I mean, they were killed by the heat. And these boys were flung in. But right in there, they said, three were cast into the fire. Four were seen walking unbound in the fire. The king became confused. You talk of God's ability. And I want to say to somebody here today, I don't know what fire you are in right now. God is able to bring you out. Hear what, remember what Paul said? He said, if he had promised, if he had promised, he will do it. This boy said, hey, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us from your hand and from the fairy furnace. He appeared. The king became confused. When he saw they were just walking around and having a fellowship, he beckoned to them to come. But when they came out, there were three. That's what I'm saying. You are never alone. Cast your body on him. Don't do what he should do. And the interesting thing is that he's always eager to do it. Second Chronicles in 16 verse 9 says, The eyes of the Lord runs to and through the entire earth to show himself strong on behalf of the righteous. It's what he takes pleasure in doing. Glory be to God in the highest. I want to say to someone today, you probably are saying, I've never thought of it this way. I understand. But what will it cost you to start to add this to your many successes, your many strategies? Then you know that this is the mother of all strategies. If you've been successful before, you're just about to witness success. If you've been failing before, I mean, come on. I believe you can make do some good turnaround in the name of Jesus. No wonder puts his trust in him, the Bible says, shall be put to shame. To trust him is to live by faith. Remember the two blind men that followed him. The way he answered it, he said he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. What does that mean? According to your ability to trust my ability. That's it. My prayer today is that you begin to trust him, to trust his ability. Now, all these scriptures about the ability of God, they, I mean, they are good, very good. But there's one particular one that always thrills me. It's found in the book of Ephesians in chapter 3, in verse 20. It was Paul's own account on the ability of God in the life of a believer. And there was praying for the church. I haven't taught them of their inheritance in him. He now began to talk to them. In verse 20, he says, Now to him who is able, we're talking about ability, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Glory be to God in the highest. Now, I don't think anybody is more qualified to talk like this than Paul. Because Paul himself had experienced this ability of God. You hear him say in some of the epistles that, hey, 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 I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. I was one that crucified the church. I killed Christians. And I thought I was serving God. Until I had an encounter on my way to Damascus. Remember the story? Where he had an encounter and was knocked off his horse. He had a direct encounter. And I mean, experientially, 
he saw himself turned around from one lifestyle to another. The Bible said when he finished dialoguing with the power, with the person whose power knocked them off. Because Jesus talked to him immediately. He said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Then he said, who are you, Lord? That will be the first time he will talk to God through his son Jesus. Then he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. To persecute a Christian is to persecute Jesus. To afflict a Christian is to afflict Jesus. And you think he'll just keep quiet? But in as much as he has the ability and he won't want to keep quiet, he would like you to at least exercise your trust in him. No one else said, do you believe I can do that? The just shall live by faith. The just shall live believing that God has the ability to do what he says he will do concerning them. So you see, God is able. Paul experienced it. And so Paul can rightly tell them. And remember, he was concluding the teaching there. He had written to them and he was talking in Ephesians chapter 3. He was saying, look, I pray that God will grant you, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Hey, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints the length, the breadth, the height, the width, and through the love of Christ that passes human understanding. He said that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. He now says, Now unto him who is able. Wow. What Paul was saying is that now you are a child of God, he dwells in you. Now you are filled with him. And I pray that you be strengthened by his spirit and the inner man. His hoping, the life and the ability of God is in you. Will you leave it dormant? So what do you do? Cast your body on him. And that's why he says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that can ever ask or think according to the power that is at work in you. So the truth is this. If it is true that the power of God is in me, the person of God is in me, the life of God is in me, I shouldn't think twice. To, come on, just rather than get bogged down with thinking and worrying. Let him do it. He's there. That's why he's there. As a matter of fact, the only reason the Holy Spirit is here on earth with us today is to help us. So, to get bogged down, to get weighed down, fears by anxieties and by worries, is to clearly be denying him of his purpose here on earth. Oh, I feel the fire. He's here to help you. He's here to help you carry the burden. And one thing we come to read about the Holy Spirit is this, that what you don't want to do, it won't force you. It will help you achieve what you want to achieve. That's why we know that God is able to save to the uttermost. No matter how bad you are, like Saul becoming poor. There is no amount of how bad you may be. He has the ability to turn you around. Book of Hebrews. He has the ability to keep you away from sin. Come on, read the epistles. 
He has the ability to deliver you from troubles, from bondages. Come on, whether in the Old Testament, like the three children we talked about, or Paul and Silas in the dungeon, he's, he has the ability. He has the ability to deliver you from the hold of the devil. Come on, the, the demoniac of Gadara. Legions, thousands of demons in one man. In one minute, they were gone. And talking about the power we have in, in us, he said, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name, you cast out devils. So learn to understand what he should do and what you should do. Cast your bodies on him. Get him involved in your life. You are not created to live that life solely by yourself, for yourself. You can't do it. It's a misnomer to think that I'm created to be independent. No. I'm created to be dependent on God. God is interested in my life. He said, what do you mean? It's a mutual relationship. It's a collaboration. He created the system and he chose to delegate to me. And now if he has anything to do here, he wants me to call the shots so that he can come in. How do I do that? Never you forget that you are a delegated authority. He owns the system, the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. The word and order dwells within. He has chosen to put man in charge of the earth. When man has to do anything, as long as you involve him, together, you get it on. Don't you ever come to a place in your life when you think it's by your power. Or when you think that it's by my power, so some things can never be done. Some things will just be there and destroy me. No, 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 no. He's able to deliver. He's able to provide. Remember, feeding of the 5,000. Come on. They came, they said, look, let them go. When a desert place, it is getting dark. And we don't have anywhere they can buy food around. So please let them go. He said, what do you mean let them go? He said, because they are hungry. He said, yeah, you give them something to eat. Oh my goodness. They started cracking their heads, started thinking, hey, even the whole year's wage cannot feed this ones. So when he said, you give them to eat, it was Andrew that went around looking around and said, ah, there's nothing in the whole system. All we have is a little boy's meal. He said, give it to me. Lift it up and thanking God. He said, you guys come take me with them. He fed 5,000 men, excluding women and children, with a little boy's meal. He is able. So what do you lack in life? The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. God is able. Coming back to 320, it says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Some person analyze. Says, so God is able to do whatever I ask or think. He's not only able to do whatever I ask or think, he's able to do above whatever I ask or think. It's not even sufficient for him to be able to do above. He's able to do abundantly above whatever I ask or think. And when you stop there, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I ever ask or think. And the interesting thing is this. For asking, he's able to do abundantly more. He's able to do above, abundantly more, exceedingly abundantly more. It's not limited to my asking. Before I ask, he says he answers me. So even when I'm still processing it, he's able to do. A young man in church many years ago said to me, he said, Pastor, I was meditating on the scripture. I said, please talk to me, I want to hear you. He said, Pastor, when I read that scripture, so if I'm able to think about it, 
is too small for God to do. I first didn't get it. So, so beyond all I'm asking, which he will do, come on, Matthew 7, 7. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, it shall be open to you. So it's beyond what I can ask. Even what I can think. Now it's beyond what I can think. Because if I can think it, then it's too small for God. He was right. And avoid that young man's life. Oh my goodness. Astronomically. I mean from seemingly nothing. Forget connection. No connection whatsoever. The Lord has taken him in such a way, in such a dimension that even you, if I introduce him to you today, you know that this is the hand of God. You see, things can be better for us in Jesus' name. Our lives can be much, much easier than what we've allowed it to be. All these are for us. Jesus himself is for us. God is for us. That's why uh, Paul himself said, if God be for us, what can be against us? David will write, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You can begin to cast it on him. It's never void of power. Never void of ability. And I was thinking about this and it dawned on me. I said, hey, there's nothing deficient about God's ability when it comes to our problems, our challenges. If anything, it's our own ability to trust him. That's the problem. I believe God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That something is clicking right now in your spirit, man. I want you to go back and pick a Bible. I only have a limited time to say all I'm saying. Go back and look at the scriptures and the Holy Ghost will help you. It will take you deeper and wider. I am I am certain and I'm assuring you in the name of Jesus that your life will never be the same again. It's not a cliche. This is the truth of the Bible. No one that was his trust in him shall be put to shame. Right now, if you are at the verge of being made ashamed, I reverse it in Jesus' name. I declare you will not be disgraced. Rather than being disgraced, it will be double honor for you in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of confusion in the name of Jesus. I raise the spirit of joy, soundness of mind in the name of Jesus. I would like you to write me so that we can rejoice together. Our God is able, more than able, to deliver. And he will deliver you in every situation in the name of Jesus. Remember, he wants to bear this burden with you. He wants to share in your struggles. For him, there never a struggle. With God, nothing is impossible. Again, I end by asking the question he asked Abraham. Is there anything too difficult for God? No. God bless you. I decree the peace of God over your home in the name of Jesus. I decree the peace of God over your marriage in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to your body in the name of Jesus. I say be healed because by his stripes you are healed in Jesus' name. I decree peace over the lives of your children. The Bible says grace shall be the peace of our children. I say let their peace indeed be great in Jesus' name. I say let your generation be mighty on the face of the earth. It is well with you and your household. No evil will befall you and indeed no plague will come near your dwelling in the name of Jesus. So until next time, Keep casting all your cares on him, knowing fully well that he is able, abundantly able, 
to carry you through. God bless you. In Jesus' name. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shomolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.